Shipping.net. White Sox try to make it five straight wins when they visit the Yankees again tonight with Lance Lynn on the mound. The Yankees put Aaron Judge on the IL with a toe injury. Cardinals will try to avoid a sixth straight loss tonight in Texas. Jack Flaherty will oppose John Gray on the mound there. Big news from Major League Soccer as Argentinian star Leo Messi will reportedly sign with Inter Miami when his contract with Paris Saint-Germain expires at the end of the month. I'm Doug Thompson. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studio, with amazing slow-smoked wings and world-famous baby back ribs, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. It's Miller and Condon, 106.3 KXNO. I'm Trent Condon, joined today by David Ike Holt from 24-7 Sports, HawkeyeInsider.com, hanging out with us here today for the two-hour program. All right, David Ike Holt, you're an hour in, got another one to go. How you feeling over there? I'm hanging in there, man. Yeah. I got yeah. I got my energy drink. I got my Fiji water. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just good vibes, man. Yeah, absolutely. Having a good time. Rolling through. We talked some golf. Now... I want to get to know you a little bit better because we bring you in. We have our 12, 15 minute conversation on the Hawkeyes. We hear you a lot with Heather and Sean also on the drive, but don't get a real opportunity to know the guy, know the person behind it. So let's start with this. In fact, we got Ben hanging out with us today. Ben Hemmer, who is looking to get into broadcast journalism field, doing those kind of things. And I'm sure you get this question a ton. How did you get your job? What a great job that you have working at Hawkeye Insider and working for 24-7. So take us the path of sure. how you got to the point that you are right now. Well, like many people, I started in college as a business major, and I quickly realized I didn't want to be in a cubicle number crunching. Mm-hmm. And I got no issue with people doing that. It just was not my, not, not my thing, yep. right? So sophomore year, I ended up switching majors to broadcasting. I did a little sports blog on the side. And I like to say I fell upwards Trent like I mean I knew a few people and you know I was lucky to be able to start an internship with Husker Online formerly arrivals now on three Sean Callahan mm-hmm. does an outstanding job probably one of the more premier publishers of a college sports site in the country did that for a couple of years and then it got interesting as I approached graduation now I always tell this story on the day I was hired but I applied for 127 jobs <laughs> No interviews. Ugh. I got 12 emails back basically rejecting me, and then I got left on red, I mean, by <laughs> by the rest of them. And so my mom was like, hey, what do you want to do You know, for a graduation present or something? And I'm like, I don't care about any of it. I need a job because mm-hmm. I need to get up and feel like I'm contributing or I'm doing something. So I woke up to a text on my birthday. May have been slightly hungover. It was on a weekend <laughs> trend. I was, I was approaching graduation. I had, a good, I had a good night, right? Uh-huh uh apple juice hangover of course but uh and he said hey uh you know this is joel cox 24 7 sports okay you available for an interview in an hour would you have any interest in going to iowa and i said yeah okay so i you know got a nice little breakfast to me got a got a couple waters in me interviewed for the job he said we'll let you know soon got a call back next day offered me a job i took it on the spot and then I basically started 10 days later, had to find an apartment, take a family vacation, walk at graduation, and all of that in a 10-day span. But, wow. uh, you know, we made it happen. And that's why I always encourage people, uh, you know, who want to get in the business and all of that, just stick with it. And you need to be you need to be your biggest advocate. You need to be unapologetic about it. And you are going to get frustrated. But it's about 
how you overcome the adversity, not the adversity that you face yourself. It's an incredibly difficult field. And though there are plenty of jobs out there to find good paying jobs, to find full-time work, it is incredibly difficult to find. And you were able to do that and carve out your niche. And you're doing a great job over there at 24-7. I I, I love what you do. You know, you have a background from outside the state, but you also have Hawkeye Connections too, which mm-hmm. is really interesting because you grew up on the wrong side of the Missouri <laughs> River. That's, that's going to be difficult. So take us through a little bit in your background and where you grew up and, and where your Hawkeye Connections kind of started. Yeah, so both my parents are diehard Iowa fans. Okay, so my family's from Sioux City. My dad worked at Midwest Public Power as a project manager for 35 years. My mom worked up there. I moved to Nebraska when I was two. And then I actually moved to St. George, Utah when I was 10. I lived there for uh, nine years. And trend, I don't know if you know, know where that's at. It's about two hours from Las Vegas, about 45 minutes from Zion, okay. 45 minutes from Mesquite. So right on that southwest kind of corner. You know, I kept following along Big Ten football, followed along with Iowa, moved back to Nebraska my senior year of high school, back to the same town. So I had some friends and all of that. Mm-hmm. And then I was looking at going to Iowa, but uh, the out-of-state tuition is insane. Even with the scholarship, it was like four times the cost. And I'm like, I don't even know what I'm going to do yet with my life. Nebraska had a nice school. I had a lot of friends going there. So I said, all right, I'll go to Nebraska. But, you know, as you mentioned, I mean, I grew up, I would say primarily on the West Coast, just from the St. George, Utah connection. I mean, I followed sports like crazy. I was a diehard Big Ten guy. I followed Iowa. I followed Nebraska, et cetera. But I always like to tell a story about when I got hired at Iowa, Trent. All the Nebraska people hated me because I'm going to Iowa. <laughs> right, yeah. Trent All the going. Iowa people are like, well, who the heck is this right, Nebraska guy right, coming right. in? So I'm like, wait, at least they can get along with, you know, agree on one thing is they both hate me going into this job, right? <laughs> But uh, no, I mean, I I moved around a little bit, but uh, like I said, both my parents are diehard Iowa fans. They have a lot of friends who I'm still, you know, in contact with family friends who are big Iowa guys. A lot of some Iowa State fans as well, a lot of Nebraska people. But uh, I mean, I grew up following the Midwest kind of football or basketball kind of culture. So you're here working for 24-7. You're on the Iowa beat. You're in there. There's an old guard. There's guys that have been around for a long time. A doctor man from the Gazette to land a 10 and now at the athletic he's been around for a couple of decades tom Kaker, a little bit longer than that yep we got chad who has been on the iowa beat or involved in iowa for a very long time so a lot of people pat hardy rob Howe, people that have been there a long time you're kind of one yeah. of the new guys <laughs> in comparison to it I mean, what was that like i've i've never been a beat person though yeah. i cover iowa and iowa state on a day-to-day basis i've never been on the beat sitting in every press conference that kind of thing what was it like going in there and and being kind of the fresh face on the scene. I mean, it was rough, man. I mean, it's hard. I mean, like you said, people are very set in their ways, and the people who they follow, I mean, from from the readership perspective. Mm-hmm. So I'm coming in as a nobody, and 24-7 is a massive brand. I mean, I, I think people in Iowa are starting to realize that, but Trent, 24-7, with the respect to people that came before me, it was not much of a factor when it came to Iowa sports coverage before I got here. Mm-hmm. Sean Bach actually wor- has worked at 24-7 longer than me. He was an intern when I first started here, and he busted you know, his tail as well. But what I always like to say is, you know, when I came in, I was working 90, 100 hours a week yeah. because I was putting out more content than anybody. I know that for a fact, but that's the way it had to be to continue to kind of carve my niche. And you think about trying to get sources from people within the athletic department, people outside the program as well, Trent, who have been there probably just as long as a lot of the beat reporters. They have those year lo- years and years worth of relationships. So for me, it was just about come in, bust my butt, 
prove it. And then I like I look at the, where we are now and where we're going. By the way, sixty percent off an annual subscription Ooh, to HawkeyeInsider.com right now mm-hmm. uh, for the next few days. But uh, you know, I look at where we're at now. And I'm so proud just of the progress we've made. I really feel like there's a long way we can still go. And I think there's new aspects we can continue to bring. But I will always say the one person that really, really helped me in terms of transitioning from, you know, my, by the way, my first football column I wrote this last night, Trent, was when Kirk Ferentz broke Hayden Fry's winning win record. That was the first game I ever covered Iowa. That was the first football column I'd ever written. So you imagine the pressure. I felt trying to do that as well. Mm-hmm. But the one person I want to give a lot of credit to was Mark Morehouse. Mark Morehouse was very, very, really took me under his wing, really showed me the ropes, very mm-hmm. kind to me. I was obviously disappointed when, you know, he decided to move on from the Gazette. I'm happy for him, still maintain a good relationship with him. And Mark Morehouse really, really helped me transition because that first year, first year and a half was really, really rough. Since then, we've had some young people that have come on. Now they've departed, but we saw uh, what's her first name? Man, uh, Leah Van. Leah Van. Yep, yeah. Leah. Leah was Who, in the Gazette for a little bit, couple of months, and then made her way back down south. And then Kennington Smith, who I know you had a really good relationship yeah. with before she, uh, he departed, and now he's working down in Alabama. So those two, and seeing kind of the transition and, and going through it, and certainly people from the outside making their way to Iowa. Yeah, what, what was that like having a couple of uh, youngsters with you on the beat? It was nice, man. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, like it was really good. I mean, Kenny, Kenny, I will always. Add, I mean, Leah, Leah, and I still are really good friends. And I will say, I had a special bond with Kenny. Like Kenny's probably one of my best friends I've ever had. And I will always tell people. Even though he hasn't covered Iowa anymore, I will encourage Iowa people to continue to follow his coverage and continue to follow his work. He is going to be a big, big name in the industry. Mm-hmm. But I will say, I mean, you've had talks to him, I'm sure. Trent, he is one of the most genuine, nicest human beings you will ever come across. You know, if people don't know Kennington, he wanted to do this for an incredibly long time. Yeah. He won journalism awards as a little kid. Yeah. Yep. And I know listening to him in the past, he's talked about and there was a period he thought maybe about getting away, but he's into it. And you're exactly right. He's going to be a guy that is going to be, I think he has a chance to be a national person. He's I going agree. to be a guy that you're going to see and getting back down to his roots down in the South. He's already been on Feinbaum. He's probably going to be there a bunch more. I mean, Feinbaum said he had the greatest name in the industry. I yeah. mean, not that which is, I mean, Kennington Lloyd Smith III. It's, it's, pretty, pretty, it's pretty sick, it right? Is, yeah. I mean, I mean that's. That's what it feels like. It's almost a pen name, right? Yeah. You know, it's interesting, though, that you brought up how Kenny almost quit. I mean, Trent, people don't know this. This will be the first time I've ever said this. I almost quit, yeah. even after this job. I mean, during 20, after 2020, I think our mm. business really started to take off by the way we covered certain people mm-hmm. that were uh, you know, going on. Robert T. Green. Um, <laughs> I know I won't say what? his name again, but uh, what a joke. <laughs> the, way, the way I kind of pushed back on him. But, I mean, you think about... A lot of people in this industry, Trent, they go for a couple of years and they really realize, hey, maybe it is what I thought it would be. Maybe it's not. But if you're looking at nine to five, if you're looking to only cover sports and be in sports, you're not doing that. Right. Not in this climate, not with the way it is. It truly is a 24-7 job. You have to always be on call and be ready. And you have to be ready for the long haul, miss holidays, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I know if I wanted that. And I'm sure Kenny went through it. And there's a lot of times you'll doubt yourself. But, uh, yeah, I mean, after 2020, I almost... My, I don't even know if my parents know that. I almost quit because it was just so different. And there was so much going on, personal and professionally. Which again, I think about a lot of the kids I graduated with in my uh, journalism school. Trent, I mean, I've only been out for five years. I think there's four people that I know that are still in journalism. Really? Yeah. Wow. The weed them out. 
very quickly it happens and, and definitely see that and hey you're one of the good ones and i i'd say you're a journalist too and you're going to tackle the hard stories and that's something that i really respect about you is you're not going to shy away if there's tough questions so last year there's tough questions yeah. that needed to be asked about iowa football as the offense was absolutely cratering as brian ference was looking more and more inept and you were the one that got the response that, frankly, I lost a lot of respect for Kirk Ferentz on the night after the Illinois game. It was the Kirk? Illinois game, yep, because they were hanging into the bye week the next week. After the tight loss to the Illini. And he bounces back after a very fair question, a very professional question. This was not an I gotcha kind of moment. It was a fair question. And he comes back with, we won 10 games last year. I don't know if you're aware of that. Not that's what set it was me over incredibly. The edge, it was disrespectful, I thought, and for a guy that does have a worker relationship, I'm, there are times that you can tell Kirk he gets a little miffed with the media, but it's part of the job. It's what the it millions is. of dollars are for. That's and that, a part of it. I mean, that's why I tell people too when people you know defend me, and I appreciate that or whatever. But at the same time, Trent, I mean, it's what we get paid to do. We have to be able to ask those questions, and I mean, I'll tell you this too, and it, this is something I want to clear up too, because you talk about Kirk being miffed with the media at times, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of times where Iowa fans get on, you know, local reports. Iowa State fans, I'm sure, get on their local reports for not asking or pressing tough questions. Like mm-hmm. they, uh, what's the guy's name? Doug, who wrote that big column from Ohio State. Oh yeah, yeah. And, the mayors. Yeah, and people are talking about, well, why doesn't our media challenge him like that? Because there's so many more layers to it. Like you will burn sources. You can't just have a full on scorched earth mm-hmm. unless you're willing to die on the hill that there's going to be changes. Right. So, you, like you mentioned, there's a working relationship. You have to kind of tiptoe around it. You can ask the questions. And as long as you don't do it in a condescending way or an I got you way, they normally will give you the good answers. But again, if Kirk wants to respond like that to me for asking a question, I know it's not on me. Mm-hmm. It's on him. And I can tell you this flat out. I mean, I know I burned some sources by uh, pushing Kirk on that. There are co- I'm not going to mention who, but I got blocked on Twitter by people within the athletic department. Is what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's-, it's not my job to care, it's my job to report. Right. And that's a big part of it. I had my own set of circumstances a couple of decades ago with Steve Alford. And and it's something that lingered for a long time. It's just, it's the reality of the profession. And if you're going to do things and if you're going to push, you're not going to make everybody happy. But like you said, that's not your job to make everybody happy. I think the thing that maybe a lot of people miss is... They want to see the moment. They want to see... Have you ever saw the movie Blue Chips? Now, you're young. I don't know. Have you ever seen Blue Chips? (laughs) I have not. With Shaq and Penny? They were actors. They were basketball oh, players. Oh, really? I, going no, to college. I, I might need to oh, it's, that. It's a terrible, yeah. great movie. Okay? Yeah. Oh, it's, of course. It's one of those. Yeah. Well, so and, is Cocaine Bear. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and the kind of defining moment is right at the end. There's this coach that wasn't winning as much as he once was. Sure. He cuts corners. He goes out. He gets a bag man. They bring in Shaq. They bring in Penny. And they're on the precipice of they just won a big game. And this newspaper columnist has him. And he knows that there's shady dealings going on. Yep. And in the press conferences, there's this big moment. And I think that's what people want. They want that big moment. They want that headline. They want Kirk Ferris to fire back, Fran McCaffrey to fire back, Lisa Bluter to fire back, whatever it is. But that's not reality. That was a movie script. That was yep. something on the silver screen. That's not what this is. And like you said, sources, being able to get the information that you do, that's important too. And you're going to see them the next week. You have a Wednesday press, Tuesday press conference. You're going to see him again on Saturday. <laughs> exactly. You're not no, going to stand exactly. on top of your desk and be shouting down, you can't handle the truth. No, but that's not what this is. And that's the part I think so many people miss about this. There's two things I want to add is one, I have respect. I know Kirk has respect for me. I know I, I respect Kirk. 
he, because even after that, I still ask questions in press conferences. Mm-hmm. He's been good to me. You didn't back down. There, Brian Ferentz, who I have, I would like to think has been outwardly, me outwardly criticizing him more than most. And I'm not saying others haven't, but like I've been pretty adamant about. Brian's been very professional to me in press conferences, give me good answers among other people as well. So I do think that, I know again, it's a respecting working relationship. They know what I got to do. You know, I know what they got to do as well. But at the same time, from a readership and a consumer versus journalist or radio host or whatever, even though we have more ways to connect with one another than there's ever been, I think there's been no greater time to have disconnect than between the media and consumers in terms of gotcha questions. They almost don't understand each other anymore. Right. And I think the way we're going to be able to resolve that is by ha- really utilizing some of those connections, which is why I'm so active on Twitter. If I go meet an Iowa fan downtown or whatever, like people come up to me. I love talking because it helps me understand their perspective as well. So not even just in sports, but across the entire world basically i think there's such a big disconnect between the media and the consumership and i think that needs to change all right final things is we're getting to know david eichold he's hanging out with us here until one o'clock today on miller and condon so you're on the iowa beat that's your full-time gig so what else i mean we know you <laughs> like to enjoy a cocktail we tried the swarm beer out at exile last yep. friday but who else do you root for what do you have rooting interests pro teams because you kind of bounced around too yeah where does your rooting interest lie? Yeah, so I'm a Packers fan. Oh yeah, I know. Sorry, yes. I will say the first NFL team I fell in love with was the Indianapolis Colts. Uh huh. When they had Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Jeff Saturday, Edron James, all those Dallas guys, Kenny Dungy, Dallas Clark, Bob Sanders, uh-huh. who I think blo- belongs dude. the NFL Hall of Fame. By the yeah. way, uh, Oklahoma City is my team. I will. I'm a live or die Russell Westbrook fan. I know not a lot. It's a hot take now, but his MVP season was probably the most spectacular thing I've ever watched. As far as college goes, I mean nothing really anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think it's my place. Kind of Col- burned out of you. Yeah, when you start covering it too, it's just. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say lose interest, but it is what it is. I adopted the Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, you did? Because they're, I'm like, all right, well, it's a team I lived close by. I was moved away, but I'm like, all right, I, I go to Vegas all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of where that is. But yeah, man, just uh, I, I would say those are probably my top. I'm probably forgetting one or two that I'm going to be very angry about after. But I mean, I follow players more so than teams. But Baseball I'll always be guy? a Packers fan. Baseball be Cubs. Cubs. Baseball okay. be Cubs. Exactly. I, I was a Red Sox fan for a long time too because of uh, Manny Ramirez. Was probably Sounds my like favorite. a lot of bouts around Manny here. Manny Ramirez is my favorite um, player of all time. That's why. Sport polygamist over there. I know. Well, here's the thing. I'm terrible at rivalries, right? Mm-hmm. I don't hate the White Sox. Yeah. I don't because Ozzie Guillen was one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. Okay. I got, the year they won the World Series, I was down in the spring training. I have two baseballs signed by the entire spring training roster and Ozzy the year they won it. Wow. And we were sitting right above it, and he just talked to my dad and I for the entire game was throwing baseballs up to us. So I'm That's like, pretty All sweet. Right. So I'm like, okay, I can't hate the White Sox, right? right? I do hate the Yankees, though. You do hate the Yankees? No, I hate the Yankees. Okay. No, for sure. That, Absolutely. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> So uh, that's uh, really, really interesting. So you're over there in Iowa City. Yep. Still younger guy, but all right. I moved out of Iowa City. I was, when I transferred to you and I, I was 20. Okay. And even going back, even a couple years after graduation, felt old pretty quickly. Yeah. How old are you now? 27. I turned 28 in about six weeks. What's it like as a guy now in his upper 20s (laughs) hanging out in Iowa City? 
I still think it's a good time. Okay. I, here's here's the thing though too. You got to find the right spot. If, if, if I didn't if I didn't go to Iowa, if I went to Iowa, I mm-hmm. think I'd feel completely different about sure. it. Sure. Yeah. Like if yeah. I go back to Lincoln, mm-hmm. I feel old. Okay. Man. I yeah. feel old. I, I felt old when I was 23, 24 going back. Mm-hmm. And I imagine that'd be the same thing if I, you know, again, if I attended the University of Iowa or I was around Iowa City. Mm-hmm. A lot because you got to know it a different way. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's just kind of the places that get burnt out of you. I mean, it, it's interesting though to watch kind of how things have changed even since I've gotten to Iowa City. Just some, the way downtown's been kind of restructured. Mm-hmm. I mean, the amount of stories I've heard about the Union and a bunch of other places oh, in oh, Iowa City as well. Like, I got some stories for you, Michael. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean that, that's what I would say. Like, I still like it. I mean, we'll see if I ever get a transition to a place like Des Moines because I do like Des Moines a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I live in Coralville too, so I'm not like right in downtown Iowa City or anything. In Coralville, North Liberty area, like mm-hmm. there's still, you know, it's 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 not downtown Iowa City. Let's put it that way. Right, and that's where all my buddies that still live in Iowa City, they all live in North Liberty. Yeah, and I think you see more and more of that. Well, hey, good catching up in a different front with you. Yeah. Getting to know David Eichel. No, I appreciate it. a little bit better. We're going to continue our conversation. It is Wednesday, and that means David Kaplan and. I cold as a Cubs fan. You got plenty of questions, I'm sure, for David Kaplan on the Cubs front. We'll let it rip. A very inconsistent team up and down throughout the course of the season. We'll talk Cubs, we'll talk White Sox, we'll talk Bears, and whatever comes up with David Eichholt, presented by Centurion Stone of Iowa. As we roll through here on a Wednesday, it's Miller and Condon, 106.800 bets off. Last summer, my house was hit with hail. Between assessing damage on the roof and dealing with insurance, it can be a stressful situation. Luckily for me, it wasn't stressful because I called my friends with Wolf Roofing. We were able to get a new roof on our family home in one day. It looked sharp, everything was cleaned up, and now we have peace of mind with our new roof. Set up your next roofing project with Wolf Roofing at 515-225-8866. Or you can go online at wolfroofital.net. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips, Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-Action Group Office. Fuller Associates Family Dent is a relaxed, family-friendly atmosphere, anxiety and pain management, and the ability to give you the smile that you deserve. As a family-owned and operated small business, Dr. Fuller has been practicing dentistry for over 30 years. Fuller Associates Family Dentistry, located near the Grandview Golf Course, and now their brand new location in Altoona at 509 8th Street Southeast. Fuller Family Dental, come see what the buzz is all about. Fuller Dental. Radio app now. The second annual Graphite Construction Group Charity Golf Tournament is coming up on June 14th at Briarwood Golf Club in Ankeny. All proceeds from this event will go to benefit our friends at Puppy Jink Foundation and youth shelter services. Foursomes are still available, or you can join for the social hour with the 19th hole after party from 3 until 6, which includes live music from special guest Damon Dotson, drinks, appetizers, games, and a raffle auction. For more information, contact the Graphite Construction Conditions Apply. Steerike! 
Umpires are in short supply and are greatly needed. Now you can become a youth umpire for baseball and fast pitch with Iowa U-Triple-S-A sports officials and Central Iowa sports. Be around the game that you love and the greatest part-time opportunity ever where you can make great money. They offer on-field training and no experience required to apply. For more information to get back into the game, go to IA. USO.com. That's IAUSO.com and get back into the game. Music means it's time to talk with David Kaplan as we talk Chicago sports each and every Wednesday here on Miller and Condon. We got David Eichold hanging out with us, and before we bring in Cappy, so last year Cody Goodwin, who will be in tomorrow in the hot seat, he joined us on a Wednesday, and we were talking to Cappy, and he'd never seen the Blues Brothers before. Eichold, you're also a youngster. Have you seen? Oh, absolutely. Blue? Okay, okay. Yep, my, no, my dad and I is our favorite movie. We actually nice. in the back of my parents' house. We have a mini stage that we built for, by the bar, mm-hmm. and we got two like life size statues of Jake and Elwood, That's and like with a stage wonderful. light, and I got like the gold, uh, re- like gold record right in front of it. Uh-huh. No, I'm a huge, huge Blues Brothers guy. All right. Well, that that's a big one right there. David Kaplan, as we welcome you in, how about that? A youngster that likes an old movie, that likes the Blues Brothers. I think we got a good one here, Cappy. Yeah, it sounds outstanding. Who was the person that had not seen any of the normal movies that people that guys watch? Uh, well, we, we've had a number of them throughout the years <laughs> that, have, that have had that. kind of missed a few of them. But, yeah, it was Cody that was in with us last year that I know it hadn't seen Blues Brothers and a couple others. So he's going to be joining us tomorrow. We'll see if he got up to date in the last calendar year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. There's certain movies that I don't care how old they are. you got to watch them. Right. So, yeah. So you're wel- welcome to the club. Absolutely. Well, we got a lot of questions for you here today, Cap. And want to start on the baseball front. It's been inconsistent. It's been up and down. It's certainly been frustrating at times with this Cubs team. Are they just are what they are at this point in time? And we just kind of have to live with as we sit here now week into June. This is what this team's going to be seemingly all year long. Yeah, unless your front office goes out and gets some reinforcements in your bullpen. Because, you know, I, I, I am amused by the managers all over Twitter that <laughs> fired David Ross. He's horrible. Last night he mismanaged the bullpen again. Okay, so let me get this right. Wisniewski was tiring. Mm-hmm. Wisniewski hadn't started in the big leagues in nearly a month. And so now all the know-it-alls said, what, what, why are you taking Wisniewski out? Well, he was starting to lose it. So we'll pull him. And now they hand the ball to Brandon Hughes. Brandon Hughes, wild pitch, a walk, couple hits. Next thing you know, you're losing. Why would you go to Brandon Hughes? Michael Fulmer's available. We've all been screaming, me leading the charge. You can't use this Fulmer dude in high leverage. So these people can't have it the same way. They just can't. You know, automatically it's David's fault if the bullpen falters. Lord knows I've been critical of him putting Miles Mastroboni, Edwin Rios, Tucker Barnhart in the same lineup against you, Darvish, on Saturday. 
you were basically waving the white flag. And I said on my recap on YouTube, we should have chartered a 747, filled it with every dollar all of us could get, and gone right to Vegas and gone, there it is. <laughs> There's as much money as we could get together, put it all on the Padres, and they would you would have won your bet. That said, I think some of this ridiculousness about David Ross has got to stop. You know, I, I like to call them uh, Cheeto fingers for sure. I mean, the ones on Twitter and all of that, you know, probably about 10 Coors Lights, whatever, in at that <laughs> point. Uh, Sounds pretty good. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, Cap, something that's been really interesting to me over the past you know, three or four weeks has just been Marcus Stroman. I mean, he kind of got off to a shaky start, won his last four starts, and he's just – the way he's just sort of embraced the Cubs culture, and I think the fan base has really reciprocated that energy toward him. I mean, how perfect of a fit and really what's been the story behind his turnaround over the last four or five starts? He's been really good since he signed with the Cubs. He has. You know, everyone's going to have a hiccup here or there. But he has been locked in. I think he's pitching like his hair's on fire. He knows he's got an opt-out coming, and he's going to opt-out yeah. unless there's, God forbid, an injury. So he would like to stay here. I think there's mutual interest. I just got to know how long and how much. I can't go five years with a guy who's going to be 33. Yeah. I just can't do it. So if you said three, he'd make it 25 a year now, three years at, you know, $30 million a year. They got nothing but money over at Wrigley. It's not my money. Absolutely. <laughs> you should sign him. Five years at 35? No, I would probably then trade him at the deadline if I'm not in the race. But he is pitching. His fastball command is better. He's got really good depth to his slider, and his emotions are coming out. And that's what I like the best. Watching him pitch, and he's emotional, and after the game, he had gotten trying to remember who it was last week that he got out maybe it was Juan Soto he struck him out and he was doing his fist pumps and his little shuffle on the mound and Juan Soto looked out at him and kind of shook his head like okay I'm going to remember that and he said after the game hey man I'm just going to be me and if Juan takes me deep you can pimp it all the way around the bases because you earned it I like that Jamison Tyone will get the ball after earning a win. It has been a shaky start for the four-year, $68 million pitcher for the Cubs. Was it a sign what he did out at San Diego of things to come, or well, he's due for a good start, and he'll go back to a pumpkin again? Well, we'll find out tonight. He pitches tonight. He told David Ross after you know that really solid outing the other night, Friday night in San Diego, and they won. He said, all right, now we go. And he meant himself. I don't think he was talking as much about the team as now we go, that he's ready, he's figured things out. Look, he won 14 games last year. He was the number two pick in the draft when he came out of college. So, yeah, he's got ability. He's got a live fastball. His strikeout percentage uh, is really good. It might be even a career best. His problem is when he can't command his fastball early, he doesn't throw 99, and all of a sudden, now he starts to aim it. Now the breaking ball gets a little flat, so he has got to command his fastball. If you see in the first two innings, the fastball command's good, he's going to be good. We'll switch over to the basketball side of things. Now, I'm, I'm a couple of things, so I feel like I can be a little bit selfish with this oh, question. Absolutely. I, I've always been a big Lonzo Ball fan. I think his dad got him a lot of criticism that probably was not warranted because I always felt like he kind of kept his head down and just worked. But, you know, I know the Bulls 
privately believe that he's never going to play basketball again. So I guess for your Bulls management, what's the plan? Do you really wait out Lonzo Ball just to see if you can ever get him back? Do you go out and try to replace him? I guess what's your kind of overall thoughts right now about the Lonzo Ball situation? So I was telling Trent this off the air. I'm literally, literally sitting in the parking lot right now at the United Center because I'm going into the Fandemonium store to get one of my kids a hoodie that he wants. Yeah, I got done with work. And I'm going to go in there and buy this. Our tourists literally just walked by my car. And I should roll the window down and go, hey, our tourists, what are you going to do on Lonzo? But I'm the guy that has, and Trent can back me up. I've said it on his show. I've said it on my show, on my recaps on YouTube. I'd fire him. I would fire our tourists and Mark Eversley because I think they've done an awful job constructing a roster. Awful. Yeah. So he's not going to answer my questions because I'm sure I'm not on his Christmas card. <laughs> and that's fine. That comes with the, the yep. territory. Privately, they still have this hope that Lonzo can return. No player has ever had the type of surgery in the knee that he has just undergone. He's hmm. already been ruled out all of next season. Yep. That will mean that he has not played when, it, when next season ends in two and a half years. Two and wow. a half years. You cannot count on him. You can't. You literally either got to take the insurance settlement, whatever it is that you get from your, you insure every contract, and move on and release him, or just go, we're going to keep paying him if the dude comes back two years from now. God bless him. We'll take a shot. But I don't see how you can rely on him. You, he's a really good player. Unfortunately, he will never, ever be the same again. So I would go out and replace him immediately. Because of that, I mean, are the Bulls just kind of in this purgatory? Eh, maybe good enough to get into the playoff round or even get to the first round, but but that's it? Um. Well, if they get Vucevic signed, and I'm a Vucevic guy, mm-hmm. now, did they overpay for Vucevic? Yes, they did. But he's a sunk cost right now. He you, he's, he's yours. You already made the trade. Now you're going to let him walk away for what reason and how are you replacing him? If he's reasonable in his demand, and I'm hearing it's a three-year proposal, why would I not? He's a walking double-double. Yeah. He's a great dude in the room. His teammates love playing with him. So, yeah, I would keep Vucevic. What else would I do? i got to get my ownership to agree to give me, hey, number one, i got to go replace him at point guard. The best available guy out there is Fred Van Vliet. I want him. And then I got to go sign two more shooters, one of whom tore his ACL the day he was getting called up to the NBA for the Windy City Bulls. He was going to be on the Bulls roster. This is going back like three and a half years ago. His name is Max Struess. Max Struess <laughs> is now a starter for the Heat. He's from Chicago. He played at DePaul. Max Struess was here. He's playing on the Windy City Bulls. And they call out there and say, this is a fact. They call out there and go, hey, tell Max after the game. Don't tell him before today's G League game. He's getting called up to Chicago. They want to see what he could do. He blows his ACL that day, that night. Out. Arturis gets hired. Kid's rehabbing his ACL surgery. They never make an offer to him. This is from Max. Never offered him even the league minimum. And Pat Riley here is he's out there. I saw that kid in college. He can shoot the heck out of the ball. Hey, why don't you come rehab down here? We'll sign you. And now he's going to be an unrestricted 
He's going to get paid big. If I'm the Bulls, right the wrong, bring the hometown kid home. Now I've got Van Vliet that could shoot it and play point. i got Max Struess that could shoot it and then figure out a way to get another lower price shooter. Now maybe we can compete. I like it. I like the game plan. Maybe you should be taking over as GM over there with the Bulls, Cappy, but... Maybe that's a conversation for another day. Hey, wrapping things My up. My basketball days are over. <laughs> uh, the Bears and Arlington Park, which felt like maybe it was a foregone conclusion. Now, Naperville's getting involved. I don't know if Schomburg's next. Who else is going to throw their name into the ring here? What do we know about the new stadium deal and now other suburbs becoming involved? Fill us in, and, and what is real and what is fake out there? Okay, so Naperville, their mayor has very little power. It's not like the mayor of Chicago or the mayor of New York. The mayor in Naperville, Illinois, is more of a figurehead. Their city council makes the decisions on how the city of Naperville is going to enact change. So one of their councilmen said, oh, it's nice to know he had a meeting with the Bears. He's got no power. So was it a leverage play? I think it was. I still think Arlington Heights has the ball first in goal inside the 10, mm-hmm. and all they've got to do is punch it in now. But they're trying to raise the property taxes on the Bears effective immediately 500% from what that property was valued at when it was owned by Churchill Downs Incorporated. Churchill Downs saw that and said, we want to settle with you. We're selling the property. We want out. So they paid them a 300% raise, wrote them a check, and went, we're done dealing with the state of Illinois. We're out of here. Now they sell the property, and now they raise it 500%. The Bears went, hang on a second. Yes, there's going to be a new evaluation of the property, and we're going to pay more in tax, but you can't charge us this now. We're not making any money on the property. There's nothing there. And the Arlington Heights people and the state are saying, no, we want the money now. I, the Bears are are getting screwed in this deal, so they're going to have to figure that out. So they're going to go look at other options. I still think Arlington Heights gets it done. Uh, Rosemont, Illinois, I talked to the mayor there yesterday, Brad Stevens, the guy who tried to woo the Cubs a few years ago when they before they did their Wrigley deal. He said, I don't have the land I was going to give the Cubs anymore. It's gone, so we're out. They're going to look at DuPage County. They'll meet again with the mayor of Chicago, the new mayor, Brandon Johnson, but I don't see any scenario where they go back to Soldier Field, so I still think it's going to be Arlington Heights. As always, Cappy, great conversation on a Wednesday. Thanks for your time. We'll talk again next week. All right, Ken's probably down big at the table. (laughs) He got absolutely walloped. He got clubbed, and now he's over on the beach in California, so hopefully he's drowning his sorrows a little bit. God bless. Have a great day, guys. Thanks, Cappy. Thanks, Cap. David Kaplan joining us from Chicago, presented by Centurion Stone, of Iowa, fifty-five twenty-five Northwest Twenty-fifth Street in Des Moines. It is the place to go for manufactured and natural stone. Make your inside, make your outside look great. Stop by the showroom and find out what they can do for you. Century Centurion Stone of Iowa. Final timeout. We'll come back. Put a cap on things. My picks of the day, presented by Circa Sports, and we finish our conversation with David Eichholt when we come back on one hundred six point Fargo Arena. The second annual Graphite Construction Group Charity Golf Tournament is coming up on June fourteenth at Briarwood Golf Club in Ankeny. All proceeds from this event will go to benefit our friends at Puppy Jink Foundation. 
and youth shelter services. Foursomes are still available, or you can join for the social hour with the 19th hole after party from 3 until 6, which includes live music from special guest Damon Dotson, drinks, appetizers, games, and a raffle auction. For more information, contact the Graphite Construction Group office. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Lately, I just want to show up and buy some Yeah, yeah. Trent's Pick of the Day is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him. One final segment. Kate McNamara has got me into Little Dirt. Wow. How's that for a 43-year-old man? I'm... So I don't think I've ever been as proud of you as I am right now. It is good. I like oh, to do man. it. I was about to give you some crap. I'm like, where's some hip-hop introductions here? I mean, oh, you got me in see- studio. AD always hooks me up when I'm in studio. I am. Or Dua Lipa. That's fine, too. Dua Lipa always gets oh, yeah. So I'm old school. And my musical taste, being a 43-year-old, is very much in the late 80s, early 90s. So it is a lot of alternative, yep. a lot of Pearl Jam, a lot of Foo Fighters. That is... That Hair Nation type music? No, 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 no. Not Hair Nation? No, no. Okay. That, that's butt rock. No, that's before yeah. my time. Okay. Afterwards. We're talking the grunge era. That yep. was my era. Okay. But also, NWA and Snoop and Dre. There you go. Those are my dudes. So yep. that's my connection. New stuff, difficult, but I heard this in the Instagram video <laughs> with uh, Cade McNamara out in oh, California. Oh, Instagram reel? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and started beating along to it. Now it's J. Cole. J. Cole's great. Yep. And he is also on that one. So, yeah, that's one that's been playing a lot in the vehicle here lately. I love it. Because that's been part of the rotation. And I thought I'd throw you a bone there. No, I love it. I love it. It definitely earned you some cool points with your kids, too, Trent. (laughs) That's what we're always trying. (laughs) I I played some Biggie for my eight-year-old daughter the other day. She wasn't into it. Give it, give it another year or two. Yeah. Another year or two. We'll, we'll give it a little more time. We'll, we'll get back into it. And the clean version just isn't quite the same either, it, right? Honestly, I hate to say it. Right. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are time for my picks of the day. We do this each and every day here on Miller & Condon. Yesterday, we had a winning day. We were on the plus side of the ledger. We will try to do the game the same again today. We got six games for you. A six-pack of picks, five in baseball, and we'll pick the NBA Finals. Going to take Seattle this afternoon, minus 104 against the Padres. Give me Houston plus 136 tonight against Bassett. He just had a kid. Well, his wife had a kid. Yeah. So I'm like fading a guy coming off of that one and maybe some lack of It's the MLB script, Trent. Right, right. (laughs) Give me the Mets and Scherzer plus 121 at Atlanta tonight. Also going to take the the Baltimore Orioles plus 125 and wrap it up with the Angels tonight minus 134. Plus, I'm back on the Nuggets. The Heat, I've won some money on them, but there are times that I just think they can't win and they do win. What do you think we're going to see tonight in Game 3 of the Finals? Well, to be fair, I talked myself out of the Heat last time, yeah, and I'm kind yeah. of upset about it. But, I mean, look, I'm think you, I th- I'm very interested how the Heat are going to attack Jokic because I think they're going to allow Jokic to get 40-45 and try to take his passing out of it by also doing Jamal Murray playing like a scrub again. I got the Nuggets by 7. Nuggets by 7. Well, that will be a cover, and I hope you were right on that front. David, been a lot of fun. Appreciate your time. Yeah, man, I appreciate you having me on. And, Ben, thanks for hanging out with us today. 
Ben has uh, been your shadow over there in Studio <laughs> B throughout the day. We are done. We will take you to Murph and Andy coming up at 1 o'clock. The Drive with Heather and Sean and maybe a little more Ike Holt at 3 o'clock. Talk to you again tomorrow.